Talk up the team. Talk up the team. If you want the shit, you gotta be up late. I don't want it now. I want it every day. Pull up, drop, top, foot it over the ring. Let the Glock pop and don't hesitate. And I keep the scrap on me just in case. A broke bitch always got something to say. You don't want no money, you wanna get laid. I was doing fraud, I was selling lead. Driving too fat, this ain't safe. Yes, 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 yes. Another Sunday morning in the lab, man. We in the lab this morning, man. Talk up the thing, make this special. And guess what, man? It's going to be a special morning because guess what? We got a special young man in the building. And before that, I got to let him introduce himself. So I'm going to pass it to him. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is DJ Bullard. I'm born and raised in St. Petersburg. Went to college in Georgia, Mercer University. Uh, played football there. Uh, majored in accounting. Got my master's degree. Now I'm a tax accountant in Tampa at PricewaterhouseCoopers. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, definitely, man. I think that you have an uh, interesting story and you can share to the younger generation. You know, so it's a pleasure to have you here so we can talk a little bit, a little bit about it, man. So, I mean, when I, when I look at yourself, man, I always look at you as that, you know, young man and your dad speaks so highly of you, you know. And, I mean, you know, having a dad by your side, you know, in, in today's society, you know, generation, you, when you look at that, you need that because young man, you need your dad to mold you and show you, um, different, um, avenue that you need to take. So when you take a look at that growing up, how was life for you? Um, definitely having a dad by my side definitely made life a lot easier. And I do feel like kids with two parents, um, it's really a privilege. And I, and I really feel like people really need to sit back and think on that and really appreciate the fact that they had both parents in their life and not only that but the fact that their marriage was very cohesive so I kind of had something to look up to and uh I had like a father figure to model how to be with like a woman and how to like lead a household and um yeah it, it just basically made you know going after my goals a lot easier because he's a very driven man so I was able to replicate that sort of pursuit and passion of like obtaining my goals and I was able to and that's how I am here today. I basically repl I replicated the formula. I see how he did it, and I just did it myself. Is there one thing that in life, growing up, a younger stage, you always look back at today and be like, damn, I'm really proud of myself, and I'm really honored of my parents, you know, just doing that? Um, I think one thing that they taught me is to just always be humble and always be self-aware and to never, like, put yourself above others. And, I, and I'm so grateful that, um, that they're like that, and I was able to be like that because I think that's super important. And, you know, not to take life too seriously. Um, I know we kind of off the podcast had a little conversation about that, and, I, and, you know, that always resonates with me the most is because, you know, nothing can ever be that serious. You know, you know, just just give life your best effort and remain humble. Never, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to talk about, you know, my biggest accomplishments or whatever because, truthfully, I feel like, you know, anybody could do it as long as you put your mind to it. You know, it just got to just stay down and never think you're above anybody and never think somebody else is above you. You know, everybody equal. Treat treat the janitor the same as you would treat the CEO at the end of the day. So. No, yeah, man, I, and, I, and I like that. But, you know, I want you to always feel proud of yourself, you know, because, again, like anyone can do it. That's true. But, again, um, you did it. You right. know, so um, because you did it, you have to say, you know what I'm saying? I did that. And now you can pass it on to the next generation. You know, one of the one of the most in thing I learned about life, man, when you learn something, you don't pass it on to become dead knowledge. 
and and, and I, you are a testimony of what you have done. And that's some of the things I want to talk about because you played football in high school, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. How was that for you? What brought you in to say, I wanted to do that? Oh, man, I, it honestly started when I was in elementary school. I remember, you know, because my dad, he grew up playing football. He's a big football person. And honestly, I was a big video gamer. So, like, you know, I was, I was staying in the house all the time, you know. And honestly, I, I didn't really have that self-confidence in myself to perform in football very well. So I tried football for one year when I was eight. Hated it. I didn't want to hit nobody. I was, you know, scared. But then, you know, my dad, you know, going back to the whole, you know, modeling, you know, replicating that formula, you know, he sat down and he was like, you know what, I think you'd be really good at it. You know, just give football a try. I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try in high school. So I went out, tried out, you know, found out I had a special ability. You know, I was a great defensive end. I had fast twitch. Um, and then I started to, you know, perform really well. I earned a starting spot, um, like my second game of uh, my freshman year, Um and then after that, I realized I could, you know, go somewhere with it. I realized I had the potential to go to college with it. So, you know, and th at that point, I realized I had to go to a different school um, to place myself to in a better spot to earn a better opportunity. And that was a big, scary move. But, I mean, my dad helped me through that because, um, you know, I, nobody wants to leave. You know, I was at that school for my first school for three years. And, uh, you know, all my friends were there. Um, I had just started early college. So, you know, um, I was going to St. Petersburg Community College for uh, my AA degree at the time. I wasn't even going to the high school. I was only um, just playing football there. So it was all these different things and, you know, moving things in my life at the moment. And I was, you know, very scared because I was, you know, because, you know, I, I believed in myself. But, you know, what if I failed? You know, what if I go transfer to this next school? And, you know, it was all for nothing. Like I lost my friends. I lost all that. But, you know. And, and I had a lot of people doubting me at the time. You know, I had people tell me when I would, when I would go to this next school, I wouldn't start. Um, I wouldn't do that. But I didn't really believe that because I had a whole bunch of other people who supported me. It was like, you know, go follow you. You know, I, you know, I believe in you. You know, why don't you believe in yourself? So, you know, I went and I did it. Transferred to my next school. It ended up being probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I mean, I met so many completely different environment. I met so many different new people. I loved my coach there. I loved the atmosphere better at, opportunities ended up getting a D1 scholarship. I, one of my coach brought up, uh, brought out a, a D1 recruiter from the school that I ended up going to out there. You know, we met, we connected. He liked my personality. He liked how I played and the rest is history. So, but um, so in the house growing up, um, so you speak a lot about football. So was it more about football or your parents pushed other things on you? Oh, it, it was more so about academics. They 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 emphasized using football to get what you wanted out of life. It, football was definitely like emphasized and it was definitely important, but it, it definitely wasn't the only plan of action. Like it wasn't end all be all. They knew that, um, you know, obviously if, you know, they saw some potential to go to the NFL, like they would support it or whatever, but they, they never pressured that like that was the only option. And And I think that's so important with athletes nowadays is, you know, your sport is it's always great to dream and, you know, go pro and all that. And that's entirely possible if you put the work in and, you know, you have that natural ability. But I don't think it's healthy to that's your only plan or like, you know, it's it's this pro sport or bust. You know, you always got to have a backup plan. You always have to have like, you know, a secondary purpose, because at the end of the day, when you go to college and you play a pro and you play a sport, you know, you're there getting a degree, you know, you're setting up your career. I mean, because let's say you do go pro, like let's say you hurt your leg or something. I mean, you still got to have something to fall back on, you know, so. 
That's something that they So emphasize. stepping into that, like, right, so school, it seemed like you were good at that. Football, you were still trying to get there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, going from school to school and you people was downing you and, you know, you had to go through all this. Did you feel like any time that, damn, man, I don't want to fail my parents? Honestly, no. I mean, they were pretty supportive of, like, anything I wanted to do. And I, and I never felt like if, like, let's say if, I could have changed my mind senior year and said, like, you know what, I don't want to play football anymore. They're like, okay, cool, you know, you, you better get an academic scholarship or you, you know, better continue your studies so you can um, get to college that way, you know, through your – and, you know, I, I did. I had um, academic scholarships to, like, UCF and, you know, I had money here, money there to other colleges. So um, they were always very supportive. I mean, and, you know, like – I mentioned earlier, you know, football kind of didn't come as naturally at school, but, you know, they they still, you know, provided me with uh, personal training every weekend during the week. Um, I went to multiple camps during the summer, um, met with different coaches, talked about different techniques, all that. So it, it, it didn't really know. It didn't really matter what I did. As long as I was doing something productive, they were fully supportive with it. So. All right. So I know you talk about the fully support part. So, you know, I have a lot of conversations with dad and I felt like there was a time in football, you know, you kind of backed out of it. And then your dad was like, one day you came to him and was like, dad, I think I want to play football again, you know? And, but it was like a challenge between your mom, you know, looking at you as her baby, you know, and she know how physical the sport is, you know, like, but again, your dad being in a place where, you know, you want to play football, but maybe mom saying, hmm, like, d- did you recognize that in the household? Absolutely. So when after I tried out football when I was eight years old, then, you know, I believed I was a basketball player. So then I, she really wanted me to play basketball. She also played basketball in middle school, so she had a little bit more huh. bias there. Yeah, yeah, very briefly. They used to call it Dirty Slim. So I don't know if she mentioned that before, but yeah. So uh, she <laughs> she uh, really was pushing for basketball. And uh, I uh, I had a, at one point, you know, all my personal training was for basketball. But, you know, I spent, you know, multiple, I spent pretty much my whole middle school life in basketball. Plus, you know, with the summer camps and basketball just never really came naturally. And, you know, I enjoyed playing basketball like as a hobby or like with my friends. But, you know, one I'll never forget, we pulled up into the parking lot um, to meet with my trainer at the basketball warehouse. And, you know, I told my dad, I was like, I, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I, I just like, I really want to pivot towards football. Cause at the time, you know, I was, I was playing when I went to high school, I played on my uh, high school basketball team and my football team. And I was just kind of like, I just feel like, you know, I'm performing, you know, football is coming so much more naturally. I just feel like this basketball is kind of getting in the way. You know, I sat down, I talked to my mom and, you know, my mom, of course, you know, to this day, you know, she still mentions, you know, how dangerous football is and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, I made it out, um, you know, 100 uh, percent fully recovered. But at the end, but going back to when I was telling her about, um, you know, how I wanted to stop playing basketball, you know, she was OK with it. I think, you know, with me and my dad kind of explaining, you know, the you know, the helmet is safe for like because, you know, I went out and I got a customized uh, special helmet for like concussion uh, proof and like uh you know, I took all the safety precautions or whatever. And, you know, she later when she realized um, how I played, you know, with more finesse and, you know, less contact, she was like, you know what, I'll just let him do him. And, you know, I'll, I'll be that protective mother, but I'll just kind of let him follow his his dreams or 
what he wants to do. So it was a conflict at first, but, you know, we figured it out and, you know, she ended up supporting me regardless. All right. So let's step into the Pierce parts because I feel like you, you, you make transition from different school to the highest level. Right. And I think that a lot of times students tend to don't understand that it's that student athlete. Right. You know, so first you got to be a student before you become an athlete. You don't make the grades. You don't play. You don't make the grades. You don't get scholarship. You know what I'm saying? So how do you how did you look at that with the people you were around who were just looking at it as just sports, sports, sports? I gotta get to the league. I gotta get to the league, but not thinking about long term. You know what I'm saying? Because look at you currently right now. You're not you're you're not a professional player, but right now you are living your life because you didn't just take one avenue. It, yeah, no, exactly. So and and I believe that kind of starts that should definitely start before you get to college because that, that that should be a value that should be planted in, you know, when you're younger because academics in school has always been emphasized in my household. And before I even got to uh, Mercer, um, when I started playing football or even in high school before I started playing the team, um, and you would think it's easy because, like you said, you have to have a certain GPA or you have to perform well in your classes to even be on the team. So I didn't even need to think of that rule. I just had to think about, well, in order to even, like, be able to uh, participate on this team and, like, I have to, like, get my homework done. And I was already getting my homework done and making sure my grades was okay before I even um, – and I, and I never even let sports get in the way of that. And, and I always found time to, like, separate, um, okay, like, I need to sit down and get this done before I, I go to practice or – I understand I have a game next weekend. You know, I may not be able to focus. And so I need to take, you know, a couple of days and make sure I get this, whether it's late at night or early in the morning or right before class or during class. I always found time to make sure that my academics was um, excelling at the same rate as my football and vice versa. You know, I, it, it's all about prioritizing. And I, and I feel like, you know, and I, and I always try to bring my peers up with me. You know, we would have study hall times, especially at uh, in college. I think that's a standard at any um, sports team. You have a uh, study hall. And so, you know, my peers would see me studying and I'd be like, you know, ma- you know, make sure you get your homework done. Or like, you know, let's race to see who get their work done first. And, you know, if we get our work done first, we can go back to the dorm and play the video game. You know, I always try to make it like a like a friendly game or whatever. So. I just think that's that's but I, I definitely think it's best when it's kind of instilled early on, because when they get to college, you know, it's no confusion. They already know, like, OK, I got to get my grades up, you know, to even even be on this team. You know, I got I got to keep a 2.0 or, you know, I got to pass this class and, you know, keep keep the GPA up. So OK, so um, w- give me two accomplishments that you are proud of. And you you achieve those while you're in high school. So these are compliments like while I achieved in high school? Yeah. Well, number one is definitely uh, completing the early college program. Uh, I definitely had major doubts doing that. Um, that was something my dad kind of made me do. Um, and I'm looking back, I'm very grateful for that because if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have even done it because I, so, I was so worried about, you know, maintaining my social life or, like, missing out on my high school experience. And really it enhanced it because not only did I open up, like, I, not only did I meet new people, but I still maintain contact with my old friend group. So now I'm blending like friend groups and, you know, I'm, I'm going over to different people's houses and now I got even more connections and it, it didn't really interfere with anything. Cause I still had the freedom to go back to my high school and like, I would just hang out with my teachers and hang out with the classrooms and just 
just still maintain that um that social circle that I had before. So I didn't really lose any lose anything. I only gained. And then obviously, you know, I got my AA degree. So even if I didn't earn a scholarship, uh, uh, a football scholarship, uh, I still saved a bunch of money. You know, if I if I would have just went to a school, and so it was just it was just all in all a a, a perfect decision. And but but for, but I think that that's not the, that's not the average athlete, right? I mean, some athletes will look at you and be like, "Man, you crazy." You know what I'm saying? Because you are doing um, football while you're doing college courses at the same time. You know, and a lot of a lot of athletes today, the classes that you are taking, which was the general requirements. Those are what they take within the first two years so that they after that they can go straight to the league, you know. So if they having that 60 credit out of the way, now you got to focus on actually the courses towards your major. Right. You know, so um, so when you look back at that and see what you did, I, I want to I want you to look at it as a big accomplishment because not a lot, not a lot of athletes have done that, you know, but let's move on. I think that the big part is now is like when you first got your first letter saying that man, we are interested in you. Like, how did you feel? It felt out of this world. I, I couldn't really believe it, you know. Um, and then once I started relieving, receiving my first letter, I started receiving a bunch more. So even that was, like, even crazier. So it, it, it just, it, it, it felt good to really sit back and really think, like, like dang, like, all my hard work is really, like, the results are, are showing. Like, you know, because I, I spent so many summers and so many training sessions, like, receiving nothing. You know, I mean, only receiving a good job, you know, and then and I only really started receiving that attention my senior year of high school. So, like, it took really three years of all the culmination of all my efforts, both academically and on the field to really start seeing progress, because that's the thing. A lot of these coaches, they some of them were just impressed just off the fact that I had, you know, such great, great grades while performing the way I, I did. And I think that's so underrated. Um uh, like coaches are like they nowadays they don't care about just your performance on the field they want to see that you're reliable based on your class like on your grades in the classroom because that translates on the field my head coach at um at Mercy University told me that you know he saw how good my grades were in the classroom he was like you know this directly translates to, to the type of person that you are on the field because if if you can you know perform this well on your grades I can rely on you to like you know remember the play or make a play or and lead the team and stuff like that. Why Mercer? Um, I felt like my uh, our my interest in Mercer interest aligned the best. I just felt like that's where I felt like that's that's just where my best opportunity was out of the opportunities I had because I believe off the top of my head I had like three more offers. Um, but you know, and that besides that, it was closer to home, and you know, it. it I it you, just, you mentioned UCF. Yeah, I did, but that was just for academic only. Gotcha. That wasn't. I wanted to play football, um, so that yeah, I, I tried to go to UCF really hard, but um, you know they didn't show any interest back. But that's fine. Um, but yeah, just Mercer just felt just the most like home to me, and you know I and I looking back, I'm very glad I chose Mercer because I still have lifelong friends that um, I still talk to to this day. So. Yeah, you guys still take still take um, travels up there and go to the homecoming and everything like that. I think your dad mentioned that y'all just went up there like last year. Uh, yeah, l yeah, last year for the uh, playoff game, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's real exciting, and and then you know they invited all the alumni on the field to come stand, and you know I was invited to do that. So yeah, I mean I I have lifelong connections there that I made, and you know it'll always feel like home to me. So. Okay, so now okay. 
Mercer, you at Mercer. What happened? Because uh, I, I know that you had four years of eligibility, right? Right. But it seems like you, you, you exercised those four years, but you didn't exercise them all on the field. What happened? Right. When you say I, I didn't exercise them all in the field, like what, what do you mean by that? Bec- like, well, you took the four years and said, you know what, I'm going to get my bachelor's degree. Right. And then I'm, I'm going to still stay in, and whatever they're paying for to get my master's degree, I'm going to do that. But I mean, when I mean by I didn't exercise them on field, you wasn't you wasn't on the field playing for four years. Right, right. You yeah, get what I'm saying so. I think that you played for what? Well, you was lettered for maybe what freshman and sophomore. Right. So what happened was funny story. So because I had already did two years at uh, SPC, um, I only needed to uh, go to I only need to to go to classes for two more years to graduate with my bachelor's. Right. So, yeah, my scholarship was – so how they do scholarships in college is actually yearly. Um, but, you know, they – you know, you get a scholarship for four years, but it's actually renewed yearly. So really at any point they could change their mind. So when I – so my second year at Mercer, um, I was about to graduate with my undergrad, and this was around the, the COVID time. And, you know, um, I got sick with COVID. And uh, around the time we had went through a couple of full uh, coaching changes, like uh, – we went through two co- two total coaching staff changes, right? And uh, this was around the time the second head coach had came in, and you know he hadn't really seen my ability yet on the field. So, um, and he came around uh, the summertime, and um, I was sick with COVID. I want to thank y'all for listening. Right now, we're gonna take a quick break in the podcast and let you know about Anchor. We'll be back right after this. During the summer, so I was quarantined in this alumni house, and you know I wasn't able to practice and I wasn't able to show my ability. So when I was finally able to come back, you know, he wasn't very sure of giving me, you know, paying for my master's degree. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, you know, I got to come up with a backup plan because, you know, he hasn't seen my ability to play. Like, I'm not sure if he, if he wants to pay for my master's. So then I connected with, you know, my tax professors, my audit professors, um, basically professors in my, like, degree path. And I'm like, hey, you know, I, I, I told them my situation, like, you know, I'm a little worried because, you know, I'm here on scholarship. This is an expensive school, and the master's is even more expensive. Um, I'm kind of stuck. I'm not sure if my coach wants to continue paying for my school. And so my tax professor was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm going to reach out to some people and see what I can get, see an opportunity I can get you. So she actually knew somebody at the current job that I'm at and, and got me an a, a internship, which they paid for my master's at the same time through uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, my current job. So, you know, I finished out that season, and at the end of the season, I actually ended up earning a starting spot. But by that time, I was already solidified in my mind that, you know, I'd just rather continue my career and just, you know, go the safer route and um, get my master's paid for by my current job and, you know, already be, you know, get a head start on my career. And so that's just the path that I took. And, you know, and looking back, you know, I I could have stayed and played another two years, but... I kind of already knew what my purpose was at the time, and I just felt like my purpose was somewhere else and somewhere greater than that, and I never looked back since then. But, you know, I'm grateful that I earned that starting spot. You know, I can say that, you know, when I stopped playing football, I was a starter. I never lost my spot. You know, I left on my own. But it's just funny how, like, you know, I went from not playing a lot on the field and then literally my very last game ever of my college career, I started. Like, I went from not you know, sitting on the bench uh, every single game, not even traveling some games to then I started playing, you know, a couple quarters here and there to one game, the game before I started, I just, I did one thing that was super well that stood out to the coaches. 
I was able to maintain the outside leverage really well. I guess that better than the starter. And I guess, you know, that impressed the coaches. And after that, I earned the starting spot. And that was against uh, Army, uh, the, the Army College. Um, so, yeah. So, okay, before we move forward. So, how old are you when you first got your AA degree? I was 18. Okay, how old when you got your bachelor's? 20, 20. And what about the master's? 22. Okay, so I ask you those questions because it's doable. I want people to know that, hey, it, that's in high school, that's coming coming up, who have the opportunity to do that and want to do that. It's it's doable to get those things done, and so that's very important. But let's dig, get back to the social side. So how was the social side of MRSA for you? Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know, being on the football team, you automatically, like, have a friend group. You already you automatically have people that you can constantly rely on. And then you have their friends that, you know, that I met through them. And not only that, but just, you know, it was a smaller school. So, you know, everybody knew each other. We would, we would walk around the school, you know, say what's up. You know, just it felt very, like, just warm and homey. And, I mean, it was a lot of events going on, and everybody knew about every single event. We had one nightclub that everybody – well, a couple, but one main nightclub that everybody used to go to, and everybody used to see each other. And, it, it, I mean, it was awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I miss it sometimes, but, you know, I'm here now. So. I told your dad that um, if he went to college um, – well, if he stayed in college and he decided to pledge you to become a Q, <laughs> I told him that. Um, so have you thought about why you was there, getting into some Greek organization or anything like that? I had interest from um, – uh, I was thinking about uh, the the Kappa organization. Um, oh, you like the cane, huh? Look at you. You're, well, <laughs> you're, you're a pretty boy, man. Look at that. Nah, you know, I, I, I'm actually not. But um, I, I was close with uh, one of my classmates in one of my accounting class. He was uh, a, a Kappa. And, you know, he would always invite me over to uh, their frat house. And we were always just chilling. Um, he, he, you know, he used to cut my hair, too. And, uh, you know, we were always talking. Um, we would study together and all that. He was like, man, you know, I, I think you'd be a great fit. But this was when I was about to graduate. And I, and I remember asking, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I feel like it's too late. I'm about to, you know, graduate or whatever. But, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, he allowed me into the, the frat house and everything. And, and, you know, that and that was just another extended uh, friend group that I made. So, yeah, they were all really cool. Um, yeah, and I, and I appreciate them. So. All right, so you graduated, you got your degree, so now you're currently employed with PwC. Mm. All right, so how did that come about for you? Like uh, getting a full-time offer? Yeah. So after, so after I so my internship was a year long. and um, with, with PwC? Yes. Okay. And then um, right after I graduated. Um, was I, it paid? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. The, the internship was paid and the master's was paid for it, so it was just you know, gotcha. money on money. So I guess I performed well enough to earn a, earn a full-time offer. So, um, yeah, they offered me a full-time job, and um, I've been there since ju full-time July last year. But in total, I've been there for – it'll be two years this July of this year. So, And it's, it's been great there. I've been learning a lot. It's something new every single day, um, very fast-paced environment. So, you know, I'm just grateful they chose me. They thought I was, you know, worthy enough of being full-time there. So – can you see yourself with them um, for for a long time? Uh, as of now, yeah. Um, right now, um, it, it's hard getting adjusted, especially in public accounting. You know, it's it's super difficult. But um, you know, they have the resources available. To, like if you need help, or you know, right now I'm I'm trying to obtain my CPA license. So 
you know, they fully pay for that. They uh, offer a study course. They, you know, they offer protected time. Um, so, you know, that right now, you know, my intentions is to stay to stay here. So, um, yeah, we'll see what the future holds. So, yeah. Okay. So, all right. This is the, this one. I'm off the, off the record. So, I, if I should give you $2 million right now, what would you do with that? Well, first, I'll probably put it in a savings account. Um, let it grow for a little. And then after a while, I'd look at people close to me who needs help and I see if I can help them out with anything. And, uh, I don't know, see more money comes more problems. Um, so I just, that's a, that's a good question. I have to really sit, I, I'd have to really sit and think about what I want. You do know, I asked you that question Why? because you're an athlete. So if you just, if you say you made it pro. You're gonna sign million million dollars contract, right? And that money is gonna come and hit you just like that, right? Right. And now you got to know what you're gonna do with your money, right? Right. Because the first thing you're gonna think you're gonna be like, man, I need this luxury car. You know, I need to get this mansion right there. And you don't know how long you're gonna be there for. But I get it. Investment is investment if you look at it the right way. You know. So I, I had to ask you that question because it's very important. Money is is big for athletes today because. They signed, you're talking about athletes who are signing $200 million contract or signing, going first round, getting a $20 million contract. Now you have the whole ND, um, whole thing high school students are, are signing oh, to the, the, yep, the, uh, um, the endorsement stuff. Yeah, the, endorsement. Uh, yeah. So they're getting money started at high school. Yeah. You know, so that, that is. It's changing. You don't have to wait to go to the league anymore to get money. Yep. So, so now that ego can play a big role, you know, money become ego. You know what I'm saying? And some people don't know how to handle it. Just think about you coming from a background at home where mom and dad don't know how to handle money, and 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 you you drop twenty million, um, a good six million in your account for endorsement deal, and now you gotta live life. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And it can be tough, man. Yeah, I, I guess the first thing I would actually buy is a financial advisor so he could tell me, uh, you know, how to save it and where to use it because, and and, and that's the thing, you know, you never want to let money change who you are. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't spend it because I wouldn't know what to spend it on. And knowing me, as soon as I start spending on something I like, then I can't stop. So, yeah, I would have to save it. I have to put it away to where I can't touch it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I actually missed out on that endorsement deal right when I right when I left. That's when they started it. So yeah, but it. it definitely I mean, you got to set an endorsement deal. Think about it. Uh, you got you got a bachelor's <laughs> degree, a master's degree. You get to go to one of the most expensive school. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to look at it like, damn man, like I mean, you gain something. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people walk out of college still owning money. You know, you you know, you got yourself education, and and you know what you want to do. You are you are walking down the the, the path that you want part you want to be you know a lot of people like man you got to ask them what do you want to be when you grow up you know they're still trying to figure it out but nothing is wrong with that either you know as long as you are every day you are moving at that you're working at that you can see progress you're right you know um but i saved the best for last you know um currently right now you're dating right (laughs) in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um the moment that you, you you was like you know what i want this girl to be my girlfriend you know what I'm saying? Because I think that dating in high school, I, I look at that as like puppy love and, you know, you're trying to figure it out, you know, and, you know, experience, you know what I'm saying? But once you, you got to set a career, you got to set a degree, you got, you got to you understand life a little bit more now. You're still growing, you know, but you understand life a little bit more now. Now, now you guys actually live together. Mm-hmm. So let's step back. So wh- that moment you was like, man, I want her to be my girl. 
<laughs> what was going through your head at that time? So we were sitting on the park bench, and um, this was after like six months of we didn't even. This was after like six months of like just kind of talking, like you know, you know, about each other, getting to know each other, because we really took our time with it, you know, especially being long distance. And you know, honestly, it all kind of started out as a joke. You know, I was I was messing around with a teammate. I was saying, you know, I just you know, we used to just tease each other. I'd be like, and I was like, you know, I bet you if you had a sister, she'd be fine. And she was like, it turns out he had a sister. You know, I, you know, I, I connected with her on over social media and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just going to Snapchat her, you know, see, see where it goes. Um, so then we started Snapchat and we, we started talking and I was like, man, hold up, pause for a second. What, what was, what was your first pickup line? What did I say? Honestly, I don't, I just, I just was like, I, I actually, she hit me up first. So I just, I added ah, her. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, so yeah, no, nah, yeah, I don't play like that. So I, <laughs> So I added her and then she reached out to me first and then I, I just kind of I just kind of took it from there. And then, you know, I, you know, I was like, what's up? You know, honestly, the best pickup line is this genuine conversation. You know, gotcha. it, it's simple. You know, you just ask questions, you listen, you respond. Um, I, you know, that's just the, my number one tip. But anyway, so, I, you know, as we was talking, I, you know, I was asking her questions. I'm like, you know, she kind of cool. Like, you know, this is somebody I could, you know, possibly vibe with. So. Later on, you know, I, I surprised her at one of her uh, volleyball games. And, you know, that's the first time I seen her in person. This was maybe like three months later, three or four months. I'm like, okay. So, you know, she looked how she doing pictures. She looked good. I'm like, okay. So then three more three more months later passed, or a couple more, one month uh, is Thanksgiving. So we meet over Thanksgiving weekend. And then we spent the weekend with each other. We went on, we went down to like the beach. We went, got dinner, did uh, arcade you know, like little silly stuff that I like to do, just, just kind of see, like you know, and stuff that she did to see if we can kind of you know vibe together. And then you know, fast forward, we to the next day, we on the park bench. And I'm just looking at her in her eyes. I'm just like, yeah, I could, I could see myself, you know, settling down. And I just asked her to be my girlfriend right then and there, and the rest is yeah. right then. Yeah, right there. No date, nothing. Right. Oh, no, we did. We, well, we did go on a date. Um, well, it was right after the date, and we we had walked to like the park. We were sitting on the bench. You know, the, the light was just shining in her eyes, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling this. So. so the big question, so, I mean, on both of you guys' sides, right, you know, think about this. Now that she's your girl, right, you got to introduce her to your parents, you know what I'm saying? And mom, you know, dad, um, I'm, I'm not talking to someone. I'm, I'm, I'm in a relationship. Were you worried about how your parents was going to take it once they, they meet the person that you're talking to? Um, honestly, no. I mean, I didn't really, cause when she first came down, cause, um, she had came down to St. Petersburg to meet up with me. That's when she had met, um, my parents. Gotcha. So they kind of already were introduced to each other. But, um, obviously right after I asked her, um, this was still when I was playing football. So I didn't get a chance to go back home to tell them in person. Like I had, I had to drive her, her brother actually took me, um, back up to, uh, her, t my teammate took me back up to Mercer the next day. So I called them. And I told them, and, you know, they were happy for me. They they seemed, you know, off the first impression, they liked her or whatever. And then over time, they got to know her, and, you know, they you know still like her. So um, it was just nothing but positivity. So, you know, and they could tell that I really liked her because I, um, even before we had started dating and we were just talking, you know, I would tell, I would talk to them about her and basically, you know, tell them about our conversations and, you know, how well we kind of, like, gel together and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, you know, I'm interested, you know. Okay, cool. You know. 
No, no, no. And, th and, th and that's great, man. I think that that's the most important thing to be accepted um, on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Because th that, that is kind of like you've been supported and you can just live life. You know, you could bring family together, enjoy it. And the most important part about it is that you are happy. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone get to live their life, right? And people have to, if they, if they love you, they should support you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but to, when you look at today right now, he's saying that this is your life. Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? That's, that's a difficult question. Um, I like to just take things day by day, but I, I mean, hopefully in the next three to five years, I'm somewhere in where I sh should be. And I'm in the best position, uh, both financially, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, I just hope I'm happy where I'm at in the next three to five years. I, you know, and I'm working on that every single day. I mean, day by day, I'm a build to where I need to be uh, three to five years from now. So any wedding bells, any rings, any babies? Ah, uh, no, definitely no babies. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely no babies. I can 100% agree with that. But um, but yeah. do you want you want to have kids? Yes, absolutely. Just okay. not now. How many right. kids do you think that? At least two. Two. Maybe three of the first two are the same gender. So I don't know. I mean, so if it's two boys, I mean, so you get two girls. Let's put it like that. You got two girls. I got it. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit you just like that. If you get two girls, what happened? I, I so actually, I actually want a girl, but I don't want two of them. But you know, if I get two of them, then that's cool. But I'm, I'm a, I want at least one boy. You know, at least one boy, one girl. So how how was you growing up with your sister? Was it like did y'all get along? Did y'all fight a lot? Honestly, like when I think back, right? Because you guys like what five, yeah, five, six years apart. We're we we have kind of a big age gap. So honestly, looking back, we kind of had our own separate lane. We didn't really like. I remember one day, you know, when we were like younger, like when I was in elementary school and she was still in elementary school because I was in kindergarten and she was in fifth grade. You know, we used to tell each other a lot. You know, try to purposely get each other in trouble. But then one day we made an agreement that we wasn't gonna tell each other no more. And ever since then, <laughs> yeah, literally, this was in the living room in our house on 75th Street. We was like, you know what, one day, you know what, there's no point. We're not going to get each other in trouble. You know why? What is this for? So then we, after that, we kind of just kind of been, you know, she was focused on soccer. And her, and at the time, she was uh, wanted to be an actor. So she was focused on theater and soccer. I was focused on, you know, my sports and um, my school. And, and then when we later became adults, that's when we kind of like started getting closer, you know, talking, hanging with each other. Um, yeah, right when she went to college and I was like, uh, like a senior in high school is that when our re relationship really started to become my, like, okay, like, you know, we have kind of like a genuine friendship. So, yeah. So but how was it today? It's great. It's great today. We talk almost every day. So that's good, man. That's yeah. good. It's good to have that type of communication with your siblings, you know, you know, I mean, growing up in a house like that with mom and dad and you, I mean, even though y'all have that little small gap, you know, that should not do anything. You know, that's your brother. Um, that's your sister. You know what I'm saying? So that's great. So my question for you. So where do you go from here? Like in terms of anything? Life. Life. Life crazy. So I'm, all I know is that I'm just going to keep building upon myself, keep improving, try to be the best version of myself every day. And then hopefully that, you know, keep building genuine connections, keep the people that mean the most to me close to me, the people that support, and then continue to support people as well. Like, you know, making sure I'm there for other people uh, when they need me. And, you know, just, and, and really the number one priority is just enjoying life. Like just making sure I'm happy, like as much as I possibly can, because life too short. Oh, definitely. What message do you have for a younger generation? Um, 
definitely stay focused. Know what you want. Don't follow the crowd. Be a leader. That's the number one important thing because um, not you're not like everybody. Everybody is different. Everybody has their own lane, their own path, and you know, just stay focused and know what you want. Don't let nobody else tell you how to do things or what you want. Think for yourself. No, definitely, man. I want to take the time out to say, man, it's a pleasure to have you on Talk Up The Thing. You know, I mean, I wanted this session. I feel like your message and the the, the, the journey that you have traveled, you know, is great for the younger generation, you know, because they, they can inspire by some of the things you have done. You know, sometimes you do things and you be like, you know, you don't even know what you have done, how powerful it is, right? Because you, you have taken steps and show people that, hey, listen, Man, I could go get an AA degree from high school or I can go to college on 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 making decision for me and get a bachelor's degree. But also I can make a decision to go back and get a master's degree, make the company pay for it. You know, so you have a lot of different things that you have accomplished. You know, what I mean, and sometimes people feel like, you know what, if I don't make it to the league as an athlete, I fail myself. And it should not be like that because sometimes people go down the hill from there. You know, you have to you have to make sure you pick up yourself and be strong. Use the knowledge that you have gained on the journey from you as a child to make sure that you are building a bridge for yourself. Then you can be able to build another a bridge for others. Because the truth in life is that if you're if you are swimming and you can't you can't help yourself, how are you gonna help someone else? Exactly. You know, so you have to be that that resource now for your community. You know, um, getting involved in the community if if you wish to. You know, so I I I I I really appreciate you being here and. I just want to thank you, man, for being able to talk up the thing. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Yeah, nigga, no bread. Pop a seat class like I'm in a sixth grade. Pop my baby gun to school in the fifth grade. I'm thinking about my nigga cool. I hope he okay.